I know, yes, we are meeting tonight to continue reading the book Pilgrim's Progress by John Boyan. Uh, this is the 10th meeting, I believe. This is the 10th meeting. Such a lengthy book, but such a fantastic uh, book as well. Today we'll be reading the chapter titled Timorous and Mistrust. If you are if you're just joining us for the first time, where well, we have members of the a readers club in the virtual studio here and we have two members now in the virtual studio thank you very much uh to to i i wouldn't get thank you very much dear sisters i wouldn't get god bless you really good and our dear sisters thank you so so very much for joining us now we have two other members coming in now sister esther mosogbe and sister fumbi Shokoya, uh, thank you very much. And for those who are listening at gospelbestday.com, you are also part of this study. What you can do is to tap the WhatsApp widget on the bottom right hand corner of our page and make your contributions or just call into the studio. Okay, let's begin. It's already 20.05, and we always begin by singing our hymn for this study. We are marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. So wherever you are, you can join us. There's a PDF at gospelbestday.com well, that you can open. Open that PDF and sing along with us that in we are marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Zion. Another, another beautiful time, I'm sure, uh, before the Lord. Another beautiful time, another important uh, important uh, chapter in this book, Pilgrim's Progress. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to ask you to summarize what we studied yesterday. Right, so prepare as we sing this hymn. Just um, to summarize what what we read and the lessons from uh, from from yesterday, and of course, you know that yesterday uh, we read the chapter. Right. So let's get set for that. Just one minute, please. Just one minute. Okay. Good. So we're ready now. Let's sing that in together. Yesterday we studied the hill difficulty, and now we're going to go to the next chapter: timorous and mistrust. Let's sing together. We are marching to Zion. Uh, then Sister Esther Mostogbe will say the opening prayer. Uh, Sister MC will give us a summary of yesterday's uh, class and then we go into today's reading. Are we ready? We are marching to Zion. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Where my song in sweet accord, join in a song in sweet accord. And thus around the throne, and thus around the throne, we're marching to Zion, to beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching the battles on the beautiful city of God. Let those refuse to sing. Who never knew 
the children of the heavenly King, the children of the heavenly King, may speak their joys abroad, may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, to beautiful, beautiful Zion. We are marching to Zion, and may the Lord take us. May the Lord take us home. Indeed, thank you very much for singing along. Okay, let's say, let's have the opening prayer now to be said by our dear sister, Sister Esther Omosogwe. Thank you, sir. Good evening, all. Shall we pray? Oh, yes, thank you very much. Oh Lord, we give you praise. Yes, Lord. Thank you. We worship you for such another time as this oh lord be glorified in jesus name amen jesus for bringing us again to learn and study at your feet thank you god for today's the first sunday in the month of august thank you, thank you lord for sparing our lives thank you for our homes thank you god for the grace and the opportunity to know you Father, we thank you for this love that you have shared abroad in our hearts. Thank you. Lord. O Lord, be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Therefore, how you have been speaking to us, lines upon lines, precept upon precepts. Thank you, Lord, for revealing your mind to us. Thank you, Lord, for making exposing even ourselves to us through these mm-hmm. readings. Yes. O Lord, be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we are praying that this evening you will speak to us yet once more in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, help us, O Lord, even to move forward, to press on, and not to be weary, not to be tired, not to be timid, not to turn back, no matter the the allings of the enemy, no matter the roaring of the lion, help us, O oh God, even to press forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, you spoke to us yesterday that we shouldn't seek repose, we shouldn't rest, we shouldn't get tired. Father, we're asking for strength. We're asking that your Holy Spirit will empower us, your Holy Spirit will strengthen us, your Holy Spirit will grant unto us all that we need. 
for us to press on in this journey in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray in the name of Jesus that at the end of today's lesson, we'll have every reason to, every reason to glorify your name. Amen. Thank you, ancient of this, for all the people you'll be using on the platform this evening. Amen. Lord, you will speak through everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. And at the end of today, we shall all be blessed. Take all the glory, take all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much, sis, for reading. Okay, let's all read together the, our memory verses. I know we have three permanent memory verses that the author put at the beginning of this work. So let's read those memory verses together. And let me just say this. For those who may just be joining this class, especially at gospelbestudio.com, if you want to have a copy, if you do not have an e-copy of the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, uh, we can easily share with you. Just reach out to us on WhatsApp and we share the uh, an e-copy of the book with you okay let's read together all of us the memory verses look at the pdf on our on our home page and you'll find it right there okay dearly beloved i beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul first peter 2 11 these all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar off, we are assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hebrews 11.13 Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Okay, but you now, say, I, I, I've just given you an impromptu assignment. Like I just summarized yesterday's uh, reading and lessons, just in your word, yeah. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Okay, um, the hill difficulty. Yes. Christian got to the foot of the hill yes and he refreshed himself with the word of god yes we um yeah, we refreshed himself and at the path of the narrow gate there was a road to the left and another to the right which was danger one was danger mm-hmm. that was filled with a forest and then the other one was destruction that led to 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 death yes and then you know um christian sorry I'm trying to get money. Okay. Sorry. Go back. Anyway, so Christian went up the hill, and then when he when he was going up the hill, he was um, tired, mm. and um, there, there was a place that he was crawling, and you know, at 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 a point, he was um, really tired, and he he slept. Yes. And when he slept, he the scroll fell off his hand. Yes. And that we got to a point, the apple, and then the scroll fell on his office and when he slept off. And then he got to, he woke, fortunately, he was lucky that the Holy Spirit woke him up. Mm. And when he woke up, he refreshed himself and went on this journey. Okay, thank you very much, ZMC. So,
So, and we all recall all the lessons we learned from that, uh, that Christian, you know, was so determined that he did not follow uh, those other easy alternatives to the narrow road, easy alternatives to facing his difficulty head on. He refreshed himself at the foot of the hill. Uh, he sang his song, encouraging himself, and he went on, uh, right on to the hill. But then, as Sister MC rightly mentioned there, he got to the arbor midway, midway to the top of the hill, he, he did refresh himself, but in addition to that, he also slept off. He, he had not gotten to the top of the hill. He slept off midway, and his scroll fell off. I think when we left off yesterday, he had not even realized that the scroll had fallen off from him when we left uh, the story yesterday. Uh, today, we are reading Timorous and Mistrust, and uh, we have our dear sister, Lady Agutoku, joining us. Okay, at this time, she was pushed off the call yeah exactly because i suspect that he don't really uh end that uh, that summary uh very well so we're reading tomorrow and this what we have done is to take a bit of the passage from uh, from the next chapter because the way in this edition it was cut off uh, it's not really the best so we took just a bit from uh, the palace beautiful yeah so you see you're back on the call right Yeah, I think she is. Yes, sorry. I'm okay. so sorry. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Now let's read Timorous and Mistrust. And uh, in the edition that we are using, we just cut a bit from the Palace Beautiful to make sure that this uh, portion ends pro- properly. Properly. Okay. So, Lyda, you're available now? Yes. Good, good. Thank you very much. Okay, let's let, let's go on. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. I'll be reading the next chapter, Timorous and Mistrust. Now, when he reached the top of the hill, two men came running to meet him. The name of one was Timorous and the other Mistrust. Christian inquired of them, Sirs, what is the matter? You are running the wrong way. Timorous answered, We were going to the celestial city, but the further we go, the more dangers we meet with. Therefore, we have turned around and are going back. Yes, said Mistrust, for there were lions just ahead of us on the path, and we did not know if they were asleep or awake. We were terrified that they would tear us to pieces. Then Christian said, you frighten me, but where shall I flee to be safe? If I go back to my home country, which shall be destroyed by fire and brimstone, I will certainly perish there. I shall only be safe if I can reach the celestial city. I must venture homeward. To go back is nothing but death. To go forward is fear of death and everlasting life beyond it. Therefore, I must surely go forward. So mistrust and timorous ran down the hill and Christian continued on the difficult way. Thinking of what he had from the men, he felt in his bosom for his scroll that he might read from it and be comforted, but he could not find it. Christian was then in great distress and did not know what to do, for the scroll was his pass into the celestial city. Therefore, he was fearful and bewildered, not knowing what to do. At last, he remembered that he had slept at the harbor on the side of the steep hill. Falling down upon his knees, he asked God's forgiveness for his foolish act and then went back to look for his scroll. Who can sufficiently 
set forth the sorrow of Christian's heart as he went back. Sometimes he sighed, sometimes he wept, and often he rebuked himself for being so foolish as to fall asleep in that hour, which was only erected for a little refreshment for weary pilgrims. Thus he went back, carefully looking on this side and on that side, all the way as he went, hoping perhaps that he might find a scroll which had been his comfort so many times on his journey. So he went on until he again came within sight of the harbor where he had rested and slept. But that sight only increased his sorrow by bringing his folly of sleeping once again into his mind. Thus he bemoaned, Oh, what a wretched man I am, that I should sleep in the daytime and in the midst of difficulty, that I should so indulge my flesh. For the Lord of the hill has built this arbor only for the refreshment of pilgrims. How many steps have I taken in vain? Thus it happened to Israel for their sin. They were sent back again by the way of the Red Sea. Just, just so I am made to retrace those steps with sorrow, which I might have trod with delight, had it not been for my folly of sleeping. How much further along my way might I have been by this time, but I had to tread these steps three times, which I only needed to have trod but once. Yes, now I must journey in the dark of night, for the daylight is almost gone. Oh, that I had not slept. Reaching the harbor, he sat down and wept, then looking around sorrowfully under the bench, he spotted the scroll. With trembling and haste, he snatched it up and put it into his bosom. None can tell how joyful it then was, for this scroll was the assurance of his salvation and his past the celestial city. Therefore, he secured it in his bosom, gave thanks to God for directing his eye to the place where it had fallen, and with joy and tears resumed his journey. Oh, how carefully now did he go up the rest of the hill. Yet, before he reached the top, his son had gone down. And this made Christian again recall the folly of his sleeping in the harbor. Thus once more, he began to reprove himself. Oh, you sinful sleep. Now I must journey on in the dark and hear the frightful noises of the night creatures. Just then, he remembered the reports that mistrust and timorous warned him of. How they were frightened with the sight of the lions. Then Christian thought to himself, these beasts roam in the night for their prey. And if I should encounter them in the dark, how would I, how could I overcome them? How could I escape from being torn to pieces? Thus Christian went on his way. But while he was thus bemoaning his difficult situation, he lifted up his eyes and behold, there was a very stately palace directly ahead. The name of the palace was beautiful. So I was in my dream. So I saw in my dream that Christian made haste and went forward, that if possible, he might get lodging at the palace. Now, before he had gone far, he entered into a very narrow passage, which was a short distance from the potter's lodge. Looking very intently ahead of him as he went, he spotted two lions in the way. Now, thought he, I see the dangers that mistrust and timorous were driven back by. Then he was afraid and thought that he might go back as they had done, for he feared that nothing but death, death was before him. But the porter at the palace, whose name is Watchful, perceiving what Christian altered as if he would go back, 
Perceiving that Christian altered as if it would go back, cried out to him, saying, Is your strength so small? Do not fear the lions, for they are chained, and are placed there for a trial of faith and for the discovery of those who are faithless. Keep in the midst of the path, and no harm shall come unto you. Then I saw that Christian went on, trembling for fear of the lions, taking it to the directions of the porter. He had them roar, but they did not harm, but they did no harm to him. Then he clapped his hands in joy and went on until he came and stood before the gates where the porter was. Exactly. Thank you so very much for reading and so beautifully too. And that's the that, uh, that's the chapter titled "Timorous and Mistrust" in the book "Pilgrims Progress" by John Boyan. And of course, as you read towards the end, I cannot but uh, but attempt to underline those words from "Watchful at uh, the Potter at the Palace Beautiful." Is your strength so small? Do not fear the lions, for they are chained and are placed there for a trial of faith and for the discovery of those who are faithless. Do not fear. Is your, is your strength so small? Okay, uh, as we go on, now we are going to attempt to discuss all, all the issues arising from this from this passage. Uh, let, let me ask the class, has anyone uh, looked up the meaning of timorous? That's not one of the uh, more common uh, expressions in, in English usage today, but has someone looked up the meaning of timorous? I mean, it's just fascinating how John Boyan names his characters in this book. And at some point, somebody should attempt to. Uh, okay, but it's let, called um, suffering from nervousness or lack of confidence. Exactly, exactly. So somebody suffering from nervousness. Thank you, Vanley, for that. From nervousness or lack of confidence. So you have on the one hand someone suffering from nervousness and lack of confidence and mistrust. Somebody who is not trusting. That person has been told something over and over again. But it's just not trusting. So you agree that you agree that, that that's a bad combination uh, to of, of friends. One of them lacking confidence, the other one lacking trust. Would not trust other people, and they were joining together. Uh, no wonder they they came uh, to the point where they saw the lions and they saw, said to themselves, "No, we are going to be destroyed, and who is going to help us?" And they tried to dissuade uh, Christian as well. Uh, the first discussion point uh, this evening, and please, everybody is free to join at gospelstudio.com. You can use the you can use the WhatsApp widget, and all of us here in the virtual studio, please just unmute at any time and contribute. The characters of Timorous and Mistrust, what do their names signify? We have discussed that, and how do they react to the challenges on their journey? How did they react to the challenges on the journey? What was the challenge on the journey? How did they react to it? Just to be sure that we understand the text. Anyone? Timorous and distrust, what did they represent? What did they symbolize? Remember, this is a book of allegories. This is a book where every character, every plot, every statement is meant to represent something, to remind us as Christians of something, uh, something important in the Christian journey. So what did they represent? And maybe just before somebody volunteers to answer that, uh, Sister Domi, can you volunteer to read uh, the verses on that number one, verses to ponder? Second Timothy 1 7. Okay. Okay, Second Timothy 1 7. Yes. For God has not given us a spirit of fear mm -hmm. and timidity, yes. but of power. 
love and self-discipline. Self-discipline. Okay, thank you. And Proverbs 29.25. Okay, Proverbs 29.25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Amen, amen. Thank you so very much. Yes, so that's from 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity. He has given us the spirit of power, love, and self-confidence. And Proverbs 29, 25. Okay, we have here in the chat room, Dr. Wunga is saying that, you know, in, in answer to, to that question, she has written the word fair. The word fair, that uh, those two characters re- symbolize fair in the life of a Christian or fair in the course of the Christian journey. In the course of the Christian journey. Now, we already know the meaning of their names. So, Bonnelli has volunteered there for timorous and for mistrust. How did they react to the challenges of their journey? They reacted with fear. They reacted with fear. And uh, what lesson do we have to learn from that? What lesson do we have to learn from that? Reacting with fear to challenges on the Christian journey. And then at that, it's at that point that 2 Timothy 1 7 will come in handy. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So, there, there, are, there are times. In, in the Christian life, and not just occasional times, often, if not all the time, when the Christian must at all times rest uh, not on what he sees, right, uh, but, but, on, uh, but, but by faith, confront his fear and say, look, God has not given me this. He has given me the spirit of power to confront, uh, to confront my, my challenges. In relation to, the, to this text, who can, uh, who can make an application for Proverbs 29-25? Uh, in relation to this text, for fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Is kept safe. Because we see here that Christian refused. Christian refused to... to uh, to rely on the on the report of those of those two, right? He refused to rely on their report, but chose instead to venture forward, and and that's something we, we should not discount again in this in this study and a lesson that we can draw we can draw from that, right? Uh, Christian indeed met with these people who had gone farther than he. He had no doubt that they saw the lions, that they saw the lions, but he went forward still. I mean, ordinarily you would say that, look, you've been advised by people who have more experience. There's more experienced people have advised you that there is danger ahead. These are, look at these people. Perhaps they even came in through the narrow road. Perhaps, uh, I mean, most likely they also had climbed the hill difficulty. They had gone that far, but they saw lions. They said to him, look, there are lions there. And there's no one to protect you against those lions, so don't go, uh, don't go any further. But he refused to do that. But he refused to stop. He chose rather to to continue. He chose rather to continue, and that's something that uh, we need to pay attention to. So look at the response of Christian to timorous and mistrust. Uh, can someone please read John fourteen one? That's the uh, second set of Bible verses to ponder. John 14, 1, right there on the screen. You can see it in the, on, in the PDF at gospelbestry.com too. Go ahead. Yeah, bro, Femi. Yeah. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, before we go on to that, I just wanted to mention that while, while Timorous can stand for fear squarely, mm. mistrust introduces another 
toxic element yeah. in the Christian journey. And that is doubt. And they are cousins in a sense. Exactly. Fear Tra and doubt. Traveling together. They tend to travel together. In a sense, doubt is the fuel, is the fuel that keeps fear alive. So once doubt can constantly be provided as the, the petrol or the gas that the oxygen of fear, fear will never go away. So once you begin to exercise some degree of inner strength and confidence, what the devil needs to sponsor is doubt. And once doubt comes in, doubt makes the boat of, 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 of that person's life capsize back into fear. Mm -hmm. And it's very important for us as believers to understand what the word of God has said clearly about doubt. Now, it is important to look at James chapter 1 to see what, what doubt will do to any believer. Mm. James chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, a double-minded man so is simple. unstable in all his ways. So once a person is given to doubt, instability sets in. And that person will review life situations from an unstable point of view or with an unstable perspective. So you will see that when uh, mistrust was given his version of what was going on, he said, we saw the lions, or probably we had them. We don't know whether they were, they were, they were going to tear us into pieces or they were tied or whatever. He, he was trying to create a scenario mm -hmm. that was unclear. And that is what doubt will always create. It will not give you answers. It will give you questions upon questions upon questions, upon questions exactly. that will weaken your confidence. So for us as believers, whenever we find our lives plagued with series of questions and there seems to be no answer, we must pause at that time and quickly go back to the scroll, just like uh, a Christian did, and look for the answers, the hope of our calling. When we are questions about this hope, when we are questioned about this hope that we have, we must go back to find where those answers are so that we can go on in the journey exactly. with assurance and confidence. Exactly. I thought that it's important to mention is, that so that going forward, we have both side by side, fear and doubt. Exactly, because that's exactly what mis mistrust means, that this person has been, has been invited to trust. This person has been invited to trust in the word of God, but uh, has chosen not to trust in it. Uh, so this uh, this character, having the scroll with him, uh, must have read Second Timothy one seven that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but is instead chose not to not to trust, but rather to doubt. And as uh, Doc has rightly mentioned, in him continuing to trust, uh, to doubt rather, and uh, then he's feeling the fear, the nervousness of humorous and. And what a horrible uh, combination indeed. Now, I want us to look at Christian's response to them. Uh, first, let's read the text, right? Read the text, see what Christian said. And, and there's just so much to unpack there, what Christian said in response to them. They told him, go back. Now, now again, let's just take some steps back. This is the first time when Christian would come upon people going the other way. 
you remember that when he met with with formalists and hypocrisy, they uh, they came by the they, they they jumped over the wall and they just joined in midway. But they themselves were focused on going towards the celestial. This is the first time you would meet people uh, going the opposite direction, like not going further in the journey, going back obviously to the city of destruction. And Christian said to them, "You frighten me, but where shall I flee to be safe?" If I go back to my own country, which shall be destroyed by fire and brimstone, I will certainly perish there. I shall only be safe if I can reach the celestial city. I must venture onward. To go back is nothing but death. To go forward is fear of death and everlasting life beyond it. Therefore, I must surely go forward. Okay, so MC, you wanted to help us with those uh, verses uh, under the under Christian's response to immorals and mistrust. John 14.1 and Isaiah 41.10. Okay. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Mm-hmm. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Exactly. Thank you very much. I will put in my register right hand. And you know that if you go through the book of Isaiah, you find even uh, many more passages talking about uh, our Lord's assurance that he will be with us every step of the way. So why do you think that Christians chose to continue on that difficult path despite the fears and challenges? Given what we've read now from the text and what and those two uh, Bible passages that we have read, what uh, do you think is responsible for Christians' resolve to continue and despite the fears and challenges? Despite the fears and challenges, what, what was responsible for is 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 resolution to to just continue. Oh, the alliance I had, it, it did not say, look, I I don't trust you, or you are giving me a wrong account. Even if the alliance I had, well, I must I must move forward. Why, why? Uh, would they decide that way? Uh, just look at that text. What what is said there? Saying, see, well, where do I go? Where do I go? And, and I want somebody to 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 comment on that. You know that you know that there, there are there are a number of reasons uh, why it would make that decision. One would be to say, look, I have no other option but to move forward. Another one would be to say that I trust the word of God. that no arm will come to me. But uh, from Christian's response, what do you think was responsible? More for, for, from the text of the of the passage we read, from the text of the story itself, was it more of assurance that no one will come to him, or more of him not having an option but to but to move forward? Okay, we have this here on WhatsApp. Thank you very much, man, for joining us. Okay, okay, thank you, Mamuji, saying there that. Fear brings discouragement. Fear brings discouragement. Okay, this is adding to what Doc said earlier on. Exactly that. Fear brings discouragement. So, uh, doubt will fuel fear and nervousness. And, of course, fear will bring discouragement that will lead people to turn back. Uh, turn back from from proceeding uh, from proceeding forward. Yeah, this is a line from one of the popular Baptist Yoruba hymns. Enibagbeke Thank you very much, man, uh, for this. And okay, there's that Tawunuga here in the chat room saying, because going back was not an option, he also has the picture of where he was going before him. Also, he had his guide, the scroll, exactly. So, yes, yeah, to say that he, 
he did not let rumors and and um, and mistrust to influence him because for him there was no option. He had no option. It, it was not an option for him to turn back. He also had a picture of where he was going before him. Thank you very much. Okay, Bonali, go ahead. I feel also he has made his mind like mm. that he's not turning back. So if you look at like past things that has happened and he has also gone through like other difficulties. So he, I feel he has made up his mind that he's not turning back. He has come this far and he's not ready to go back. That's my opinion. I mean, yeah, it's your opinion and, and, and it's quite correct that it, it, uh, it tells us of somebody uh, who is resolved that I'll just go back, and I and I hope somebody will think of of um, of of a statement, uh, a quote from the Bible about somebody who chose to dump the consequences uh, in a manner of speaking and said, "I'm just going to go forward, whatever be uh, might be." So I'm saying, go for, go ahead. Yeah, it, um, you know where it says that. Where can I flee? Hmm. Reminded me of Psalm 139. Okay, 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I think Christian had made up his mind and that, you know, he weighed his options. Mm. Going back was death. But going forward, fear of death, but everlasting life beyond it. So Christian, had, um, he decided to go on. And that's, you know, that's last place I said, where can I flee? Mm. You know, where shall I flee to be safe? You know, speaks a lot. Yeah, you know, does. and it reminded me of Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Thank you very much. And I mean, that's quite an interesting application of uh, Psalm 139 there, because ordinarily you would, you, you know, that that's what we'll be talking about, well, uh, because God sees me every time, but I also love this uh, interesting application of it. You know, where can I flee from your presence? That's somebody who realizes that, well, uh, well, I'm always living, as they would say, in Quran Deo, in the presence of God, so uh, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot run away anywhere because he sees me anyway. And thank you for joining us. Uh, okay, again, uh, this number, this US number, thank you very much. Romans 8, 35 to 39. Ask asked us to read Romans 8, 35 to 39 as a guide for us here. Yes, which shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us we are persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor past nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord thank you very much so these are verses talking about uh verses that will that we aid uh, a Christian's resolve, resolve to just go forward uh, and not to turn back. Okay, Sister Biori, you want to say something? Can I? <laughs> yes. Um, I just remembered also Luke nine sixty two that says, "No one mm. who puts his hand on the plow mm -hmm. and looks back and looks is back. fit for the kingdom of God." Mm. True. Exactly. No one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And you see from what our Lord said there, you see that uh, there is there is a grievous, uh, a, a grievous uh, response from our Lord, the Lord who has given us his word, to those who uh, haven't known him, 
haven't known his word, haven't read his word, haven't received the promises, then still doubt and then still, I mean, uh, still uh, chooses to not to trust, to doubt, and not only that, to act on the on those doubts and then to turn back and to turn back. And I do pray that none of us will come to that place in Jesus' name. And I'm trying yeah, to make the point. Okay, just one minute. Just one minute, let's bring up that in the text we see that. Christian chose to go forward. Uh, usually you will find uh, the author showing Christian citing some Bible passages aiding his faith. But uh, although there are two things that uh, that could have influenced a Christian at that point, uh, either the resolve to go forward no matter what, I have, well, I have no other place to go, or the assurance that not no arm will come to him. Uh, if a Christian decides to be influenced by either of those it's fine because it will lead you anything that will lead you to moving forward. Uh, but those two should be the guys that there is no place to go but forward. And also that even if uh, even if the dangers happen to be ahead, as said, uh, the Lord uh, will shut the mouth of the lions. And we're still going to get to more interesting parts in this story. Okay, go, Doc, go ahead. Well, I'm sure that by God's grace, you will be able to get me the English version of the hymn. Begone on belief. Mm, yeah. There is a verse there. The Yoruba is very powerful. Mm. And you will permit me, you can translate for us as we go along. He says, mm. Exactly. Exactly. Now, that is the nature of the life that the Christian pilgrim has chosen. And the pilgrim must make peace with that choice. That is where faith is solidified. And in Luke 17, 32, a very clear warning, just three lines, I mean, three words. Remember Lord's wife. Yeah. I mean, one of the most potent or poignant illustrations of backsliding in scripture. It says, remember Lord's wife. And thank God for our sister that referred to Luke 9.62. Now, the nature of this call to follow is one in which it is not expected that we will look back. And so the word resolved is such a strong and endearing word to me in my Christian journey. Everything starts with the resolution. Last, yesterday we talked about decision. And I'm so grateful that the Lord is pressing into the matter by introducing a stronger word, resolution. Mm -hmm. A believer must be resolved. That is the only way that the Christian life can be meaningful, purposeful, and possible. Once you are not resolved, at some point along the journey, either fear or doubt, or a combination of both mixed with discouragement, we do the Christian in. Absolutely. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, there is a a potent illustration of the feelings of the pilgrim's mind. Hebrews 11 from verse 14. It says, For they that say such things 
declare plainly that they seek a country. Mm. And truly, verse 15, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, that is, if they had thought it possible for any moment that they could return, then they might have had opportunity to return to have returned yeah but now they desire a better country the meaning of that is that that better country commanded their attention hundred percent yeah there was no reservation at all there was no space for an alternative consideration and that is and heavenly mm. wherefore god is not ashamed to be called their god. god for he had prepared for them a city they were confident that a city was prepared and that what they had left behind can never be returned to sometimes i say it to brethren or to friends i say the reason why as a believer i cannot go back to the world apart from not wanting to miss heaven is that there is no longer a place for me to fit into exactly. completely lost <laughs> my place in the world is i'm telling you i have examined it completely lost in fact the world that i left behind will become uncomfortable if i try to party with them in fact they are the ones who tell me that doctor you cannot do that you are not of that ilk and i look at it and I say it's gone I mean, it's already a lost cause. I can never return by the grace that I've received. So I'm able to focus and say, ah, well, there's only one option, and the option is forward. Exactly, forward. That is the nature of the Christian life. I don't know if you remember that hymn. He says, Yeah, you're about to cry forward, I call. She exactly. see the faltering ones backward they fall. Surely my captain may depend on me. Though but an armor bearer, maybe surely my captain may depend on me. Though but an armor bearer, I may be. He says, Hear ye the battle cry. Forward, Forward. the call. Exactly. See, see the faltering ones. Backward, they fall. Now the call is forward. So what are we doing? Looking backward. This was what Christian saw. Said so the, the call I hear is forward, and I must press on. Exactly. Finally, in Luke chapter 14, we see that the Christian life is not without costs. And that before we go far, we should be careful to count the cost. The cost exactly. Lest That's like awesome. a man who started building a tower and did not count the cost. He got to a point and he could not complete it. Mm. To think that the Christian life is a walk in the park is fantasy. It is not. It's a life that demands sacrifice. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. And let exactly. us count the cost. Because the rewards are great, but mm -hmm. the costs are real. I pray God will help us. Amen. Amen. I, I, and I love what you just introduced there. Now, uh, 
because somebody just go to 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 think through these things and then to to itemize the reasons these are things that just help so in in terms of uh mental uh mental modeling of things you want to you want to encourage yourself like peter said to us first peter 3 15 saying i do not hesitate to give the reasons for the hope you have you know you want to do some mental modeling and ask yourself why should i not go back you, you just added one now doc uh, one reason why you cannot even afford to go back is that there's no place for you any longer in the world there's no place into which you are going to fit you're just going to make a mockery of yourself so you're not going to go back one uh, because well, the place you are going back is going to be destroyed, right? That's what Christian said. Where do I go back to the city of destruction that will definitely be destroyed? Uh, you are telling me that I should be afraid of getting destroyed ahead, but you want me to go back to where we definitely be destroyed? No, that's not the way to go. We don't, we what Doc has said now, even if you were to go back, there will be no place for you. You cannot fit in again. And third, I'm not, I'm not going to turn back because I have the assurance that he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world is going to keep me and this is what we have here from uh from uh, our there uh listener here saying second timothy 1 12 and we know what second timothy uh, 1 12 says paul no writing to uh to his to his mentee timothy and tell him look yet this is no cause for shame because i know whom i have believed and i'm convinced that he is able he's able to guard what i've entrusted to him until that day until that day how beautiful how beautiful you know so we should have these three in mind one uh, the going back means going back to a place that is that is already set out for for destruction going back means you know going into a place you can't even fit in you're just you are going and then going back means making a waste of of what you have done already and and third going forward uh, would mean taking the lord at his word and knowing that is faithful who has promised. We are convinced that he's able to guard what we have entrusted to him until that day. Until that. Now there is another portion of this text that is just so compelling in terms of how how, <clears throat> how John Boyan has, has painted it. And that's the portion dealing with Christian going back to look for a scroll and sorrowing, regretting. You know, can you imagine? You know, he, he, he actually regretted those a short moment of sleep that when when he slept during the daytime, it cost him a lot. It cost him a lot. Uh, you remember in the part of that text where he says, "See me now. I have to, <clears throat> I have to walk thrice a distance that I should have walked only once, only once, because he had to go back. So first, uh, he, he traveled from the from that arbor to the top of the hill. And then when he discovered that the scroll was lost, he went back. That's the second journey, looking for it with tears and sorrow. And then having found it, he had to then travel back again. So he traveled the road thrice that he ought to have traveled just once. And now we're asking us to discuss. Let's all reason about this together and encourage one another and warn uh, one another. Yeah. What lessons can we learn from Christian's experience of losing and finding the scroll? And then in dealing with regrets and consequences, how do we handle the consequences of our previous actions? What can we learn from Christian's response to his own folly? To his own folly. And uh, we cannot reflect on things like this without, you know, reading from Psalm 51 or being reminded of, of Psalm 51. Uh, psalm 51 is a psalm that when you read it, if you read it with all uh, with, with, in spirit, uh, you find the outpouring of a man who uh, would truly regretted his action, 
who had come into repentance and who had lost the uh, the the joy of salvation. I mean, let's talk about this foolish actions by Christians. When, when, and we're talking about Christians now, all of us. And uh, when we engage in foolish actions, we I mean sinful actions uh, that we come to regret. How do we respond to it? Uh, how true is it that oftentimes we face the consequences for our actions, whether in terms of being put to shame or having to go back to make amends? Uh, and I love what to talk about that. Uh, have you experienced it before? Is that uh, typical of the Christian journey that sometimes we'll have to go back and make amends before we can move forward? Because this is exactly what, what happened to Christian. He had to go back to look for that scroll and then travel again uh, just to make sure that things had been put right before uh, before moving forward. So dealing with regrets and consequences, uh, the, the floor is open. Floor. Uh, bro, I, mean, I have two classic stories. Okay. Uh, very interesting. And my personal stories. Okay. The first one, was the one I told us yesterday. I didn't tell you the full story because that was not the crux of my discussion. Okay. See, that year when I turned 33 was the year I was appointed a consultant. Okay. Psychiatrist, by God's grace. Mm. Oh, God. That year was like my best year. It was an abo indeed. Okay. I was publishing papers. Good. I was a name everybody wanted to associate with. Things were just beautiful. So the first thing I noted was that my prayer time became very irrational, very, very unstable. And of course, there was spiritual power. So don't, don't worry. I had power. God was helping me. I was ministering. I was writing. Mm. Everything was beautiful. But I found out that the Lord was always asking me, boy, God, let's spend time in, in talking. I will tell the Lord, there is no time now. I will find time later. Just help me and we carry on. Mm. So I carried on. There will be days the Lord will be calling my attention. Wait a while in the place of prayer. And I will tell the Lord, even the little time that I spent in prayer is all I have. Mm. There is so much to do and that you have given me power to do. So let me just carry on doing. So eventually one day, right there in my house, some things happened. And before I could say Jack Robinson, I was right there on the floor, unable to get up by myself. Mm. So I had to call my children to call their mom who was in the room because I was beginning to lose uh, energy. I couldn't speak much anymore. So I had to, they, they called the neighbor who then came to carry me like a baby out of my own home. Wow. That day it was as if there was a stone in my, in my chest. Mm. I could no longer breathe well. I was dying. So when I got to the hospital, they thought I had a heart attack. It was so classic. It was like a heart attack. Mm. So they placed me on oxygen. And un un unfortunately, in that hospital in Abeokuta, there was already a, 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 a poster of me coming to deliver a paper the following week in that same hospital. <laughs> okay. You know, it was a great time. So many people came to see me. I'm sure were not commiserating with me because I was unwell. They were coming to check whether I was still alive for their talk. For their talk, the exactly. Yes, I don't <laughs> die now. Give our talk on Thursday. You know, that sort of a thing. And eventually, that was it. As I lay on the on the hospital bed, mm. I was the youngest man in the cardiorenal ward, in mm. the ward for people with cardiac and renal problems. Yeah. I was the youngest. I was a young man. I, my 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 son was rising, but he was about to set her down. It was terrible. And as I sat, as I slept there, 
I was placed on the monitors, and you will see my heart rate dropping from 92 to below 50. Wow. The normal heart rate is between 60 and 100. Mine will drop below 50. How can life be kept, uh, you know, moving mm -hmm, that way? Mm -hmm. And I was just so unwell, so weak. I stayed in the hospital for only two days, mm. as bad as I was. But within those two days, the Lord called out to me very simply. He said, yeah. Wega, I was calling your attention. You did not give it to me. Now, you can't even go anywhere. Say, will I get the attention now? Exactly. I said, yes, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. I mean, it's nothing much to give you attention. Now I can see that. Absolutely. I am sorry. I am sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. You know, and you see, I, want, I wanted to just tell us that repentance is worth it. It Even is. if it is three times your former journey, repentance is worth it. Exactly. And I said, Lord, I am sorry. And two people gave me two books, husband and wife. The wife gave me a fiction book for me to relax with on the hospital ward. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that book. But the husband, very serious human being, <laughs> you know, my very good friend, like Femi is my very good friend. My very good friend, he gave me a book entitled Power, I mean, Fire in His Bones mm. by Archbishop Benson Idahosa. Okay. And when I read that book, something happened to me, and I have not recovered from it up to today that I'm speaking to you. After reading that book, I said a prayer to the Lord. I said, Lord, may I never again on this side of eternity mm. minister without the supernatural. Exactly. Now, it was as if God just took me out of that abysmal state. And he set my foot again upon the rock. Mm. And I was discharged. I came back to that hospital to give my talk. I was placed on medication on and off. Not that I needed it that much. Yeah. And as I told you yesterday, it took me almost four years for me to get fully well. Mm. But in those four years, my strength began to return. Yeah. The Lord helped me to recover. Mm. The many things that I thought I lost by having that scenario. I, could not, I was told not to drive. Things were tough. Mm. But the Lord restored me. Hallelujah. The second story was just two years later. I started an online program and it was in a field that I had not been trained in before that time. Okay. So I tried to do my very best. And God told me, said, Wega, let me get into the driver's seat. Why don't you calm down? Mm. And I told the Lord, I know what I'm doing. Please let me keep driving this car. He said, no. Get into the passenger seat, let me drive. But I didn't listen. So I began to get weak and unwell. Before I realized it, I already had tuberculosis mm. from extreme stress. Mm. Because that course was an online course. I was doing a full-time job. Okay. I was not sleeping. I would walk all through the night and I would still go to work in the morning. Yeah. So he told me, calm down. You will get the distinctions, but let me drive. I yeah. said, no, I know what I'm doing. And ultimately, by the time I found out that I had the TB and they tested my close family members, I had already spread it to two of my children. Imagine that. But you see, the truth of the matter is that I told the Lord I was sorry for wanting to do it on my own. Mm. And then eventually, the Lord helped me. The children recovered. Yes, my daughter had a bit of a challenge, but the children recovered smoothly. I recovered too. I can tell you the story now. I've had to do chest x-rays since then. No trace of TB at all. Hallelujah. But the truth of the matter mm. is that at that point, when I realized my error, mm. there was no other direction to take but back. Mm. The way forward is back. <laughs> you just must return. The way forward is back.
It's beautiful. Back. That's exactly. All. It's only one way. Exactly. And I pray God will help us. Amen. 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 And, and, and thank you so much for sharing those personal experiences. They're always helpful uh, for uh, other people on the journey. On the journey. The way forward is back. And uh, yes, and, and you see, that is so true. Because you have to go back and then make amends. You have to go back and then ask what really went wrong. And then really ask the Holy Spirit to, uh, you know, as we read, uh, last, I think two weeks ago from Psalm 139, search me, O Lord, and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in your path everlasting. And it, from, from what you have said, this reminds me of one truth I've come to reconcile with, you know, going through the whole of the Bible, that sometimes God stops us in our track. You know, when uh, we've deviated from him or when we've not been mm. having sufficient faith, he stops us in our track. And, mm. and, 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 I, and I always say that people, I, I mean, let me not say people, all of us as Christians ought to always ask the question, when, when we, we reach a brick wall, when we can move mm. forward, it is, it, is, it is wise for a Christian to pause and reflect and ask the Holy Spirit to explain why. Why uh, did I fall ill at this time? Why am I meeting a brick wall here? Why is it that when this leg cannot carry me again for this time, maybe I cannot just do the things I want to do? Maybe God wants you to learn something. He wants, to, he wants to remind you of the need to make an amend or to, or, or to come closer to him. And I see what I've uh, started to ask in there in the chat room saying, we must take full responsibility, admit that we have missed the way. We must be ready to go back in repentance and pick up from where we left off. When we fall, we must, uh, we must be ready to get up shake up the dust and move on thank you very much that's so true apparently you want to say something as well yes so i wanted to say something this is kind of like in a different aspect that sometimes even when we fall and Mm. when we sin we should we shouldn't go back to eat like we shouldn't keep going back to that same sin all the time Mm -hmm. why because when the, the, why? Because God built. Because I, I I listened to I listened to a podcast recently, and mm. it talked about how God built with who He can trust. Definitely, mm. it's going to forgive us when yeah. we go astray and everything. But like you, the the He can't trust you with so much anymore until you become matured again, mm. right? So it's more like you. For example, let's say you fall right now, you go back to God for forgiveness. Mm. Like we shouldn't keep going back to that same thing anymore because yeah. God is just going to be like, we're just like a child and we are not growing. Exactly. And so it can actually entrust us to something, um, something bigger. And I think there's a bad part that say, if you're faithful with the little things, you'll It'll be faithful you. with larger exactly. ones. And you're able to like entrust things to us. Think about even, um, I'm trying to look for a, another example, but right now I can't just place, I can't, really paraphrase right now but like the um what i'm trying to say is that we should when we fall we shouldn't we shouldn't just go back again we should try even though god has forgiven us we should try to keep going forward and not falling back to those same things anymore it's the human nature is easy for us to keep falling but Mm. we also have to determine how far do we want to go do we still want to be in the same class yeah do we still want to be in the same class or we want to be promoted want to move right mm. it's just like failing a class how mm. long do you want to keep failing the same paper mm. we can't grow if we we are going back to that same spot we'll only be comfortable there yeah so uh, that's my contribution no Thank and Bali, you know what you are you are 100 right you are spot on and i think uh if i may assist a bit and uh, what i try to say is that uh, a christian must not take repentance lightly you shouldn't take it like you, you must not take falling into sin 
And yes, you, you, you must not take it lightly. And and that's why I love number one the this text. And I'm going to read those portions again, and then look at the example of David himself when he fell into that sin with Bathsheba and all the things that uh, that follow that. I mean, I, I cannot imagine somebody like David having sorrowed so deeply for that sin, falling so easily into it again, right? So the true hallmark of a Christian is that the Christian person grieves for his sin. He grieves deeply for his sin. I'm not saying that that Christian uh, is that it's not possible for that Christian to fall into that same error again at some point in the future. But you see, somebody who truly has grieved for his sin, who truly uh, sought the face of God with weeping and with sorrow, I can tell you, it would take a lot for that person to fall into that same sin again. Because you always remember, if you are truly working with God very closely, you remember how he disciplined you. You will always remember what you went through. You say to yourself, never again, never again. Not that you would have become so perfect that you can never fall again. But then, you see, the warning bells will always go off in your ear. I dare not. That's why when a Christian will say to himself, man, I dare not do this again. I dare not do that again. So if you re- look at the text uh, that we read today, they said then, so he went on until again he came to the side of the arbor and as he was going he was saying oh what a wretched man i am that i should sleep in the daytime how many steps have i taken in vain thus it happened to israel for their sin they were sent back how much further along my way might i have been by this time so he was really sorrowing for it he was weeping he was going back looking for the scroll but he was weeping he was sorrowing and that is an example of godly sorrow that must mark Every Christmas mark every Christian, and so I, I love the point you have raised, but a very valid point that it is not enough for us to say that look, we need to go back and make amends and talk to God, but to realize that we should never, you know, take it lightly. Uh, a Christian must grieve for his sin, and, and that's one of the old mark of a Christian, Sister B. Yes, a broken and contrite heart. Mm-hmm. How we know this part. Exactly. A broken and contrite heart. Exactly. And it's, it is true. So it is not just uh, the mouth that says I've repented alone, but a truly broken and contrite heart. That's what the Lord said that he would not despise good. That's true. Exactly. And I would like to add that a Christian journey, mm. it's a journey. Yes. We should all realize that. A Christian is either coming out of a battle and going into another battle. Mm-hmm. A Christian will want to repeat that same mistake. But what a Christian should have is a contrite heart. Yeah. Psalm, Psalm um, 51, 17. Yes. You know, it's, my sacrifice, oh God, is a broken spirit. Mm-hmm. A broken and contrite God heart. heart. God will not despise. despise Christian yeah. wept. You know, he was he was really sorry. He even counted the times he had to go back and forth. Mm. And he looked at himself as a wretched man. You know, and if you look at where he was coming from, he wasn't like... He was totally, um, he was a Christian, he, 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 he labored, he was going, you know, the journey was, was he was endeared to the journey, but mm. he slept. And I think that Abel, correct me if I'm wrong, sir, that Abel is a state of, a bit of comfort from victory. He had gotten to the hill. It was a, a state of comfort, you know. Sometimes as Christians, to a point of um, comfort, we tend to relax, mm. That's why you remember the Christian Mashiwasimi. So it's a journey. Every battle, every every step, every battle will bring about a certain um trials. Yeah. And sometimes we fall. The, the, the most important thing is to have that spirit of um 
you know, brokenness. Brokenness, yeah. To always go back to God. To always go back, exactly. A broken and a contrite heart, the Lord will not despise. Thank you very much. And Momoji, I mean, contributing there on WhatsApp, saying, as Bonali said, let's look at King David. Uh, we will not look back to the same sin after forgiveness. And God said, King David is a man after my own heart. Exactly, we do what I want him to do. Uh, because uh, it's just an example of how a Christian should sorrow for sin. You sorry for you know many people uh, say this. They say, "Look, that there's a paradox in the Bible: the paradox of grace and forgiveness, and that well, if God will always forgive, then really, so what's the point? We can sin to our heart's content. Of course, you know that you know Paul also raised that question that God was was saying. Well, I know what you are thinking. I've been talking to you about grace. I know what you are thinking in your heart. Well, if if grace is there, if forgiveness is assured, why cannot why cannot I not sin to my heart's uh, content? But I always tell people yes. that. You see, when that question arises in your heart, with all respect, you have to re-examine whether you are in the faith. The person who is in the faith, right, he mm-hmm. sorrows for his sin so 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 deeply that uh, he sees the assurance. So, so deeply, yeah, so deeply. Yeah. He sees the assurance of of forgiveness as such a wonderful privilege. He says to himself, "How can I be this horrible that the person who has sacrificed this for me, who is so ready to forgive me, that I'm just sinning against him? You know, I'm just taking liberties." But the Christian would say, "Ah, given this grace, yes. I dare not sin." But the unbeliever or who, who is pretending to be a Christian would say, "Well, yes. given this grace, well, let me just continue. Let me just continue to sin." It, I mean, if a godly sorrow would mark all of us who are Christians. We see that we all live better. Uh, uh, we are all work in progress. But I always tell myself, if we yes. would truly, truly like sorrow for sin, like ah, see sin as what did I just do? And then, uh, and I, and I think, uh, I mean, correct me to everybody if I'm wrong. That one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians, you know, is to bring about that godly sorrow. Godly sorrow, and, and that's one of the hallmark of a Christian. Yes. That if you have the Holy Spirit, you'll be sorrowing for sin in a way that people will not understand. I think that's what happened to Christian when he was still in the city it, of destruction. It keeps us accountable. Exactly, yes. accountable. The Holy Spirit keeps us accountable. Yes, mm. I heard a testimony of someone yesterday that says he does not, he cannot sleep mm. if he harbors unforgiveness in his heart. Exactly. That he will not, he will lose sleep. There's no way he will sleep because he had made a pact with God many years mm. before that um, um, he will desist from anger and um, unforgiveness. So mm. if anybody hurts him or sins, he must forgive the person before he goes to bed. Mm. Otherwise, there will be no sleep. So, and... Um, and it's the Holy Spirit that keeps him accountable. That's why he, he robs him of that sleep until he's made his peace with God concerning that issue. Imagine. And um, even that yesterday, we all prayed that prayer that we want such a grace also yeah. not to be able to sleep exactly. if we are harboring unforgiveness, unforgiveness or, or anger mm-hmm. or bitterness in our hearts over any issue. Mm. Because the consequence is great. It is great. It is great. From what you said, I recall the matter of a Christian man uh, whose marriage was not uh, so so fantastic, and because he felt that his wife was not giving him lots of issues, he he said to another Christian sister that you know what that he had uh, resolved in his heart to forgive his wife whatever she would do because he wouldn't want to uh, not be on good terms with God. So uh, although he, he knew that the wife was not really helpful in many ways, but in being a Christian, I said, look, I've just resolved before God that 
uh, even whatever, all, all that she had done, all that she might do in the future, that he would just forgive, like a blanket uh, forgiveness uh, ahead of time. Uh, I mean, that may be an extreme case. I'm just saying that that's the same way that a Christian cannot really, uh, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Christian knows the Lord will not hear. That's what the psalm is true. That is psalm if I regard iniquity in my heart, you will not hear me. So uh, he cannot be in relationship with God without having made right what. Uh, what, what, what need to be to be to be made right? So we must take full responsibility. We mm-hmm. must sorrow for sin in a genuine way, truly sorrow for sin, and then be prepared to go back and having made remedies uh, amends, then to journey forward, journey forward. Yeah, it may take yeah thirty steps where you should have taken ten steps, but uh, as as uh, doc, doc, you said something I forgot. I should have written it down. Something about okay, yeah, that the way forward sometimes is backward. Yeah, and it's always worth it. In order to go forward, you go backward. Uh, take time, take time to make amends, and then you go forward again. Thank you, also, very God will help yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, the psalmist also said, "Search me and know me." Mm-hmm. And see if there's any New wicked way in me. Is it iniquity, any wicked way in me, and lead me in the path, path of salvation? Exactly. And it is a prayer that we should be bold. Mm. It can be difficult to pray that prayer mm-hmm. because a lot of us really do not want to know who we are. Mm. We just want to believe that we are this certain way, but it's often needful mm. to pray that prayer mm. so that we can mm. truly see ourselves the way God sees us exactly. and be able to make necessary amends where exactly. it's needful exactly. and on time. Exactly. <laughs> because other Christians may not be able to tell us, mm. but they'll just be grumbling about who you are mm. and how you are reacting and how you do things. Mm. But when you are able to pray that prayer yourself mm. and God is able to, and God answers you, yeah. You'll be able to see where you make errors. And even as you are making the errors, you will be you will know. The Holy Spirit will convict you yeah, immediately. Exactly. And you'll be able to retrace your steps. I, I noticed that we, as you were saying that you, you know why I chuckled a bit. Because I said to myself that look, yeah. it will take it will take courage. You know, it takes courage to pray that kind of prayer. Because you because you might be surprised because what the Holy Spirit will bring up. <laughs> exactly. You know, but, uh, you, you'll be surprised. You realize that you, it, you need it. Exactly. <laughs> it's for it's for uh, sanctification, our ongoing sanctification indeed. Uh, when we're able to say, and, and indeed anybody who sincerely prays that prayer in spirit and in truth, the Holy Spirit will just keep trying to make that person better. We just bring up the, even things that, ah, okay, this day stay there. We just bring it up. And uh, that's the privilege that we have in the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you all. Uh, for this lively discussion. Let's look at the last part. We're going to take these two questions together. Now, this encounter of Christian with the lions, remember how this story started? Two, those two characters, scared by the lions, going back and say, look, we're not going forward again. There are two lions there. Uh, but Christian was not uh, was not affected. He did not allow them to, uh, to, to dissuade him. He kept going forward. Then he saw that he lost his scroll. He had to go back, weeping, he found the scroll, glory to God, and we can pause there to reflect on the assurance of forgiveness, on the assurance of restoration, like that prodigal son, right? Anytime that a, a Christian truly goes back to the Father and says, look, Father, I have sinned, you can be sure that that Christian will be welcome back uh, as long as the repentance is genuine. But then, finally, Christian saw the lions. 
You see, the lions that scared those two, those two, those two characters, Timurus and and Mistress, that made them turn back. Finally, Christian confronted them. Although before then he was walking in the dark, he was afraid. He was talking about the dark. Ha! Ah, there are so many elements in the dark. Now, see, I may be attacked at this point. But what is the beautiful thing about Christian when eventually he came to where the lions were? And this is something that should really make us uh, make us joyful about our place our place uh, in the lord uh, who can tell us what's that beautiful thing about the lions that that christian discovered when he eventually got there they were chained they were chained they were chained they were chained you know those lions cared thank you very much to two for saying they were chained those lions cared uh humorous and mistrust it made them turn back you know they did obviously i would say they did not even get to where the lions were they must have seen them from afar uh, lions are uh, no i'm not i'm not going to be torn to pieces but you know what they were changed they were changed and the porter of that house said to christian he said well see is your is your strength so small do not fear the lions for they are chained they are chained. They are chained, and, and that's something uh, that should just really make us pause and and thank God for uh, for the for the privilege He has given us uh, in in our salvation. Look at Luke ten nineteen. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing, nothing will harm you. Nothing will harm you. I also love this part from Jeremiah. 39, 17 to 18. But I will deliver you in that day, says the Lord, and you shall not be given into the hand of the men of whom you are afraid. For I will surely deliver you, and you shall not fall by the sword, but your life shall be as a price to you, because you have put your trust in me. The lions were changed, and I think we all can rest in the assurance that those things are appearing as lions in our path. See, because God is sovereign, because he made all things, because his word is, is true and sure, we can rest assured that the lions are chained or their mouths have been shot. I mean, remember, remember Daniel. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. But what happened? The Lord shut the mouth of the lions. So these things are just there to scare us. It's not that we're not going to be afraid. Because, and I love that the author here has written this so beautifully. Yeah, he said, even after... Christian was told that the lions had been chained and he kept moving forward. He was still trembling. Then I saw that Christian went on, trembling for fear of the lions, yet taking heed to the directions of the porter. Hmm? He had them roar, but they did no harm to him. And so those two things can exist together, right? Where you, you are trembling with fear, but you are going forward. You can tremble with fear at the time you're going forward because uh, you have received the promise that look, no one will come to you, but you are still human and you hear the roaring of the lion. But the voice is saying to you, Come, come, they are chained. So, and, and that's faith, right? That is faith. You are walking not by sight, but by faith because perhaps you cannot see the chains, but then you, you are trusting of the voice that has said to you, Come, no one will come to you. So, Christian kept moving forward, kept moving forward. But he was trembling with fear, but he did not turn back. And that's it. Again, maybe that takes us back to... Sorry, you want to say something? Okay. 
uh, I mean, that should remind us of what we read yesterday, where uh, Christian at some point was walking, at some at some point was running, at some point was crawling. The most important thing is never to yeah. turn back. Never to turn back. You may there may be a time for to tremble with fear, but don't turn back. Okay, I see here in the chat room, yeah. it started to say, I want to mention that sin exposes us to danger and attack as depicted by Christian walking in the darkness. Exactly, yeah, and I'm going to come back to that. Yes, and then she said, Christian trembling and still going forward resonates with the Yoruba saying that, a rubber. Hmm. Yeah, right. But we thank God for his saving grace. And, and you, you're absolutely right, uh, Tutu, that we should not make light of... It, it should be reckless to say that we are without fears. Yes. Exactly. It should be reckless to say that we will never be afraid. I said it, should be, it should be reckless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Or I, even to be without fear. To be, because exactly. Fear, fear is also there to caution us. Mm, yes, mm. the fear of God is wisdom. Is wisdom yeah. exactly? Even if you do want, you know what? If you don't fear anything else, you should you should always fear God. You should always fear God exactly. There oh. should be that reverence, that resolute for him for you not to incur his wrath. Mm. You know, do not kindle his wrath. Do not trespass. Do not do things deliberately. Mm. Willful disobedience or sin is exactly. not likely looked upon. It's not likely. So, yeah. That's why we, we we abstain from sin mm-hmm. in all its appearances and pray the Holy Spirit to help us even when sin does not appear to be sin. To be sin. So that before Him, yeah. yeah. Or, or even and there's a there's a group of Christians that believe. Go, go ahead. That believe. Oh, I think Sister Bjorn was okay of of the call. Sister MC, want to say something? Go ahead. That's something here. Now the secret of the Lord are in those who fear him. You know, mm. Christian's eyes, he either to the potter, he did not take his eyes, in as much as he was afraid, he did not take his eyes away from God, mm. you know, from the potter. He heeded to the direction of the potter. And also it reminds you, when Peter, you know, take, took his eyes away from Jesus, what happened to him? He sank. He sank, yeah. He began to sink, yeah. So, yeah, like, yes. So taking heed to the directions of the potter helped him to walk through Beautiful. that um, through the lines that were changed mm-hmm. you know it's so fascinating yeah it is so so fascinating and, and I, I also have this from from the chat room on whatsapp thank you very much for sending this hebrews seven twenty five. therefore he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to god through him since he always lives to make intercession for them he's able he's able to save to the uttermost to the uttermost. Isn't that beautiful? He's able to save to the uttermost. And you see, uh, those assurances should just keep on, keep us moving forward. So uh, I want to go back to two things that Tutu has mentioned there in the chat room. One, that, you know, making allusion to this Yoruba, pro, uh, Yoruba saying that Tomodeba did be a rubber, meaning that, uh, and as Tabiola Seka said, that it is, it is, it is unwise, it is simple minded. To suppose that one would not be scared by scary things, one would not uh, be afraid in 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 fearful times, in times of anxiety. And I, I remember one episode of Pilgrim's Joy that we that we published a long time ago, and we're reflecting on some uh, some forty six. Be still, I know that I'm God. Uh, whatever might even be still, I know that I'm God. It is not that we are impervious to fear. It is not that Christians are impervious to fear. It is not that when. Uh, a, a, a dreadful diagnosis comes. It's not that we'll not be afraid. It is not that when uh, want and need, 
when they come, that will not be afraid. It's not that when things happen, we'll not be afraid for the future. We'll be, we'll be afraid. But you know what? We'll still remain still. We are not going to be like tumorous and, and, and mistrust. We are not going to turn back and say, ah, no, this is the end. The end has come. No, the Christian, even while appreciating the dangers, continues to move forward. You know, trusting that he is able to save to the uttermost, trusting that he will promise he is faithful, that uh, he is able to keep that which you have committed to his hand until that day, trusting that even when we pass through the waters, he will be with us. When we pass through the fire, the flames will not, will not, will, will not engulf us. You know, trusting in all, in all his promises and, and trusting again uh, that he's got the whole world in his hands. And when we say he's got the whole world in his hands, it includes all men, all women, all kings, all princes, all presidents, all all trials and challenges of life, the weather, everything. He's got the whole world in his hand. And so uh, he's able to even, he's able to shut the mouth of the lions as he did for David. He's able to chain, to chain the lions as we read of in this, in this text. And then one other thing that you have mentioned that too is that, uh, is that sin exposes us to danger and attacks as depicted by Christian walking in the darkness. And so true, you know that it was because Christian uh, he slipped there uh, as we, we take it to symbolize a, a moment of weakness, of sinning, uh, because he had to go back and make amends. That, that was why he had to walk in the dark at that point. Uh, he would have gotten to the palace beautiful, perhaps in the daytime or just before before nighttime. But no, he had to go back. So that's yet another reason. I mean, so many reasons, if you want to do some mental modeling, uh, so many reasons to avoid sin, primarily because it offends God. You don't want to offend uh, the person who you love, who loves you. Sin offends God. Uh, second is this. Sin exposes us to shame, exposes us to ridicule, exposes us to to other dangers as well because we now find ourselves not uh, sitting in the council of the godly. And I do pray that all these things will act upon us to caution us, to caution us and to, and to increase our faith indeed. Wow. Thank you so very much. There's no, there's no, ca- also exposes us to fear. To fear as well. Exactly. You, 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 you won't begin to, yeah, exactly. You won't begin to fear going back to God and then doubt as well. Yeah, because you know that, I mean, we are, we are always responsible for our sins. And having sinned, then you want to say, ah, can I really go back to him? Can I really claim these promises? Can I still claim those promises when I know what I've done? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I always like to, 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 to analyze this thing. So, sin, we avoid it because it offends God, who loves us, whom we love. Sin, we avoid it because it exposes us to dangers, because then uh, we are working not in the counsel of the godly. Again, because uh, what Stabilovska just mentioned now. Stabi, can you say it again? Just escape me again. I said sin exposes us to fear exactly, and doubt. Exactly, exposes us to fear and doubt, to fear and doubt. And then we begin to uh, to be fearful of, of reconciling with our Savior, of going to Him in prayer. And then those doubts, those doubts that, uh, those doubts that, that, um, uh, that Satan would want to plant in our heart, they become even more real because we have sinned. And uh, if any one of us needs... We begin uh, to doubt the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Exactly. His faithfulness, his we promise to We begin to, to doubt the faithfulness of God. Yes, yes. The faithfulness to come true for it, us. Exactly. It's it's exactly. It, because we feel that we have... We are unworthy. Clean, exactly. Unholy. Unholy and unworthy. Unworthy, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. 
And um, also the point that Sister MC made, uh, that's an important point as well. I just can't recall it. She, she said something, but if, if you can see, remember, just, just bring it up again. Uh, I think it just escaped my mind right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brother Femi, mm. I just wanted to add mm. that when Christian was, uh, when he got the message from the watch, from Watchful, mm. Watchful told him that what he needed to do was to keep walking in the center of that road. Yeah. Now it's very important that when we come to moments of fear mm. and great need, we must remain in the center of God's will. We must not try to help ourselves or to get clever. He says, stay in the center of the road. Yeah. And you see, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us draw now with confidence yeah. unto the throne of grace, where we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. In the, in the time, time of, of need, need yes. we have talked extensively about the the, 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 the humanity in fear. Mm. So it is when we are most afraid that maybe we need the much the most uh, amount of grace, as it were. Yeah. And God said that my strength is made perfect in, in weakness. weakness, and my grace is sufficient for thee. Mm. So Paul concludes by saying, "I will the more glory in my infirmity, yeah. that the power of God may rest upon me." So at the end of the day. Even when we are afraid because it is human to be afraid, we go on in full confidence because we have now grace in that time of need. And I thought that I should mention that. Thank you very much. And, and of course, that's so important. That's so important. And, and I mean, the, the, the spirit works as one. Somebody is here in the WhatsApp chat room asking me to emphasize the point that Sister MC made earlier on and very similar to the point you have made. You know, the watchful said to him, walk, walk, you know, just keep walking uh, in the middle of the narrow of the narrow road. And that's what uh, we have here in the chat room as well, saying that that Christian obeyed the porter's instruction and he just kept walking, uh, walking. And walking in the in the narrow road means taking him at, at his word that there is grace, there is mercy and just keep uh, keep walking. He was able to pass safely in the middle of the chained lions because he believed the word of the porter. He believed all the promises of God and he he, he continued to believe that at the throne of grace that there will find uh, mercy, mercy and grace. And we just thank God for uh, the the wonderful treasures uh, that he has led John Boyan to to curate in this book, and that we are able to feast on this this evening. Okay, so what are your takeaway point, everybody? Let's unmute and just one after the other. What, what are you taking away from from today's study? Uh, what, what are you taking away? What, just one point. I know there are so many points to take away, but which one stands out for you, or which one uh, do you want to emphasize uh, above all else? Above all else, uh, which one do you? Do you want to emphasize? Uh, for me, it would be that, see, never forget that uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. He can chain lions. He can shut the mouth of lions. That's one thing uh, we, should, we should never forget. It's, it reminds me of uh, the case of Daniel with the lions. With the li exactly. And um, his resolve and the... The Israelites, uh, the three Israelites resolved to when they were thrown into the fire. Into the fire. You know, yeah. that if, if God will mm. not save them. Exactly. They will not bow down to any other God. Mm. Mm. To then, release ourselves, to release myself to the sovereign will of God. The sovereign will of God. Excellent. That, and knowing that at the end of the day, his plans for me are the best. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. 
and that is possible. I mean, what did Paul say about dying or living? He said, But if I live, is this not the glory of God? And if I die, is it not gain? You know, so a Christian must get there. I know it is easier said than done, but you see, we, we always pray, yeah. saying, Lord, increase our faith. That's where we have to get to. That's where we have to aspire. That's why Paul himself said, I, I do not reckon myself as having a right, but I press forward. And that way, we should, we should press forward to where we abandon ourselves. Abandon ourselves to the providence of God, and we know He's, he's always a kind God. He does not deal with us as mere articles. He's a, he's a kind. If you, if we would truly abandon yeah. ourselves to His care and say, "Well, Lord, I'm yours, and I know You can keep me," so the only path is forward. The only path is forward. Uh, amazing, amazing. Okay, I see many people still writing in the chat room. So, uh, okay, so please send it in your takeaway points today. I'll just make some announcement that next week we'll be reading. The palace beautiful. So we find Christian getting to the palace beautiful, and I can assure you, this is another fellowship with goodly, goodly companions. How many good companions? How many of them are Christian met in, in in this book? The evangelist, right? And maybe the person in the house of the interpreter. Maybe just those two so far. The evangelist. If am I getting it right? The evangelist, and then uh, the man in the house of the interpreter. But in the next chapter, we are going to find him. Okay, help as well. Help who helped him out of the swamp of Despond. And we are going to find him meeting with about three other characters in the palace, beautiful. And he must have been so overjoyed, you know, to meet with such good uh, characters. Okay, uh, this is also uh, one of our listeners here writing in, on WhatsApp saying, the a takeaway point is that he's with me in the journey, no matter the ups and downs. Exactly. Is with me in the journey, no matter the ups and downs. Thank you so very much. And then from here in the virtual studio, I uh, say my take home. To move forward is to go back, resolve to go all the way, knowing that my Savior is with me all the way. Exactly. That's the take home point. That to move forward is to go back and make amends and, and then be resolved to go all the way, knowing that my Savior is with me all the way. And that's so true. The Savior indeed is with us all the way, all the way. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to ask us to sing that this hymn now. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. And, and is that not true? I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me, hold me with, with thy powerful, with thy powerful. And if anything occurs to you, you can still send it. We read it out after uh, singing together this hymn. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land.
Please say the closing prayer and commit our week into God's hand. Brother Yeah, please. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We give you all the glory for the privilege that we have had tonight. Thank you, Lord. To study your word together through the lens of the book Pilgrim's Progress. Thank you, Lord, for the illumination that we have received Thank you, and Lord. the great conviction of grace that we have received from the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Be thou exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that as we go on in our Christian journey, we will recognize that when we go wrong in your fatherly love, you mm. are beckoning on us to repent, mm. and that mm. when we do repent, you are merciful and gracious, you are slow to anger and plenteous in mercy, mm. that upon our repentance we shall be restored, mm. and mm. by the power of grace in restoration we'll be able to move ahead, and we'll be able to claim those those lands and those places of victory that you have prepared for us. Father, we ask that there will be no one amongst us who will fall never to rise. Amen. That where we are falling by the power of the Spirit and the wings of grace, we shall be lifted up again. So that we will mount up with wings as eagles, we shall run and not be weary, we Amen. shall walk and never fail. Lord, we have learned that in this journey you are with us all the way. Mm. It was a journey begun by grace, it's continued by grace, and it ends by grace. Mm. Lord, we receive grace that is sufficient for our journey, that your strength always will be made perfect in our weakness, Amen. that we will all the more glory in our infirmity, that your power, O God, may rest upon us. Amen. Father, we give you glory. We, give you the glory. we have learned also that it is not for us as those who are saved to trivialize repentance or to play with sin. The Bible says, how shall we who are dead to sin mm. live any longer in it? Lord, we will never trivialize your grace. Amen. We will not frustrate your grace. Amen. We will not quench the spirit. We will not take grace for granted. Amen. That by your power, we will live above sin. Amen. 
that in the righteousness of Christ we will walk in our daily lives. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank we you. give you glory for the life of our facilitator and the entire platform that you have prepared for this learning. We ask, oh God, that you will grant him more grace for the work ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. And for all of us, we pray that you will anoint our lives and this platform afresh with your power each day. Amen. As we go this week, we go from power to power, from strength to strength, Amen. from grace to grace, from victory to victory. Amen. On every side, we will prevail Amen. and be more than conquerors. Amen. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor your name forevermore. Amen. As we meet again next week, we pray that you bring us the lottery. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you Amen. also very much for joining us. And um, I want to play this song now, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. We sang it yesterday. But uh, in the course of the week, I I'm going to send to uh, different platforms one hymn written by John Boyer and the writer of this book. It's called uh, To Be a Pilgrim. And I want us all to learn that song. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old hymn, but To Be a Pilgrim, uh, it's one wonderful hymn that I would all love to know. I wish you a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. Thank you so much. It's been such a refreshing time. And I pray that the blessings of today uh, will abide with all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I doubt his tender mercy Who through life has been my guide Every peace, divinest comfort Here my faith in him to dwell For I know whatever before me Jesus knew with all things
You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Christ.